Hey, it's me, Lisa P, and welcome to It's Called Life, where I deep dive into topics on motherhood, relationships, womanhood, society, culture, and all the other crazy things that make up this thing we call life. And today I wanted to demystify the idea of self-confidence. I feel like as women, this idea of being self-confident is so elusive and everything around us kind of works against us in order to make sure that we're the least confident we could possibly be. We're always trying to measure ourselves up to some perfect ideal. And I actually think that the key to finding true self-confidence is an actual healthy measured look at yourself, a sort of acceptance of what you're good at and what you're bad at because it's realistic that we're not always gonna be great. Like we're not gonna be great at everything. And the less pressure we put on ourselves to reach perfection or even mastery or skill in certain areas, the worse we're gonna look down upon ourselves when in reality, it's really about highlighting your strengths. If you can learn to highlight the good without beating yourself up over the things you're not good at, that's when you can start actually cultivating true confidence. And why is it important that we have confidence? Well, as women, we're told we shouldn't, first of all. Being humble is seen as like a very feminine trait. The standards of patriarchy don't necessarily want confident women because it would be much harder to control women who know their skill and value. So instead, we're fed bullshit telling us that we're too loud, too aggressive, too funny, too awkward. And these messages of self-doubt turn into our internal dialogue. I like to call it the negative self-talk troll because she will rear her ugly head every now and then and just try and talk shit. And I think we all have a negative self-talk troll and it's just about how much do you actually want to feed her or not. And who knows, maybe the voice of the negative self-talk troll is your parent. If you were ever criticized a lot for something as a kid, you are much less likely to like that about yourself and you're much more likely to have a negative self-talk troll that sounds a whole lot like your mother. And escaping your negative self-talk troll might have to do with coming to terms with your childhood, coming to terms with the bullshit that was pushed on you by your parent, the projection, the critical nature of the relationship. But even if you happen to have a super supportive, wonderful, cheerleady type parent, I think we all have insecurities. But instead of trying to hide those insecurities, instead of trying to work to fix them, to change them, I think radical self-acceptance is the true path to confidence. Like we all have things we're bad at. I'm bad at math. Absolutely horrible. I was never a great math student. I barely passed statistics in college, although I think a lot of people fail statistics. But instead of putting value on the fact that I'm not fantastic with numbers, I completely disregard it. I'm like, okay, I'm not a math person, but you know what I'm fucking great at? Cooking, art, writing. I also have plenty of other negatives. I'm terrible at time management. I have ADHD. I have problem with executive function and keeping my house clean. And sometimes those negatives, those, those, you know, flaws of who I am as a person, I mean, they're not even flaws. They're just, they're just qualities. They're just things that I'm not particularly naturally adept at that I have to work on that give me a little bit of insecurity because I feel like I should be better at those things. But instead of getting the negative self troll in my head telling me, oh man, you're really, you're really a piece of shit because you can't do your laundry all in one day or comparing myself to people I know and have in my life or TikTok accounts or Instagram influencers who are super neat and tidy, who have the perfectly kept home. Like, why would I do that to myself? Those people are naturally good at those things and that's wonderful for them. But I would bet that they have things that I'm great at that they're not so great at. All we see on social media are people's highlight reels. No, no, nobody's going to highlight 
things that they're not particularly good at. No one's gonna make an entire social media account talking about, wow, I'm really bad at this. Actually, I think we're getting closer to normalizing normal. Um, my friend Emily on TikTok actually does have an account all about how she normalizes her normal life where she doesn't have a tidy house all the time. But this is still relatively new. I feel like those sorts of influencers, those sorts of influences will much be more, much more impactful for people in the younger generations growing up seeing that that's okay. Some of us, however, we're stuck in our ways. We're only gonna put on social media what we're actually fantastic at. <laughs> so the first thing to keeping my confidence up and keeping a healthy measure of self-acceptance is not following accounts that make me inherently feel bad about myself. And it's okay to have insecurities. I feel like sometimes we, we're like, no, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to de unfollow these accounts. We shouldn't have to not see these things. We should be able to have a healthy measure of it. But in reality, if you're seeing this message over and over and it doesn't make you feel good, that is gonna impact your mental health, it's gonna impact your confidence, and it's gonna impact your self-value. And this could be anything. Like if you have insecurities about your body or beauty, don't follow influencers who are just perfect all the time, who are eventually just gonna make you feel bad about yourself because their standards are unattainable or face-tuned or plastic surgery, or they're just naturally gorgeous, which also is a thing. Or if you have issues with your weight, don't follow a bunch of influencers that, you know, preach this healthy, skinny lifestyle, but they're naturally thin. What works for them isn't gonna work for you. And at the end of the day, that's just gonna make you feel worse about yourself. Curating your social media intake to people who can teach you something is fine. But if it crosses the line that makes you extra critical of yourself, that's when you need to reevaluate who you're following, why you're following them, and if it's really just a form of self-punishment. You know, accounts like this can be aspirational, but only if they elicit that response. If it makes you overly weigh your negatives to yourself, it's not worth following. Because at the end of the day, you're putting the value on yourself. Confidence comes from valuing yourself on your own terms, from accepting what you're not great at and not letting it define you by highlighting what you are good at and celebrating those things and finding a true value in yourself for both the positives that you hold and the negatives, or at least understanding the negatives you may have, the things you may not be great at, the you know little quirks and imperfections that make us all human, and not valuing those higher than you value your positives. But on the subject of valuing our positives and putting our highlight on those things, I think it's also really important to have a healthy measure that we give to flattery. You know, especially in the age of social media, a like, a comment, a heart emoji is worth so much, but it's worth much more coming from people you know, and it's worth coming from yourself. You know, you've gotta have your own compass for what you're proud of yourself for, what you value yourself for, and not wait on other people to define that for you. You're valuable because you say you are, not because some user has popped their head out of the social media swamp and told you that you're awesome. You should know you're awesome. You should be your biggest fan because if you value yourself to that high degree, and I'm not talking about arrogance here, there's a very fine line between self-confidence and arrogance. I actually think arrogance is the exact counterpoint to insecurity and confidence lies in the middle because arrogance isn't cute. Nobody is that perfect. <laughs> But fostering self-confidence means that nobody can take that away from you, but also nobody can blow your head up because it comes from a place of a healthy, measured look at yourself 
and a decision to like what you see, not a decision to think that there's nothing that you could improve on, nothing that you may not be great at. And truly, I wasn't always a competent person. I was very, very insecure as a kid. I was very much a loner. I didn't have a big circle of friends. I didn't have a lot of people telling me, oh, you're so great. Absolutely not. I honestly don't think I found true self-confidence until I got much closer into my like mid-20s. And it came around a time when I stopped making decisions that I couldn't be proud of. You know, we all have a moral compass, and I found that in my late teens and early 20s, I was definitely doing things based on impulse, based on emotion, based on my friend group, based on et cetera, et cetera, outside forces that I knew necessarily were not healthy decisions that I knew weren't great decisions for me. You know, it was a time of experimentation for sure. And I think a lot of people go through that. But what I found was when I made decisions that I knew weren't particularly healthy or that were somewhat dishonest or just against my moral compass, it made me really dislike myself in a very fundamental way. You know, I could no longer rectify the person I thought I was in my head and the person who was actually out there living the life because they were very two different people. And things are all fun to explore. You know, we all make bad decisions in our early years for sure, especially when we finally get a taste of adult freedom. But it wasn't until I started aligning my decisions with my moral compass that I started to actually like who I was becoming. And not just my moral compass, but the way I wanted to live my life, the fundamental things that I valued. And beyond just growing up and making better decisions for myself and for my life, decisions that aligned with my moral compass and my value system, um, I started surrounding myself with people who actually valued me for who I was at my core and people who had similar value systems as I did. And a lot of this comes with growing up, but the negative self-talk can stay even as we start to live a life that more aligns with our moral compass and with our, our truth. Because I think that negative self-talk, the insecurity is so ingrained in us from such a young age that it's really hard to conquer. But if you can give yourself the grace that you give to other people, if you look at your best friend and you know they're not perfect, but you love them anyway. If you can give yourself that sort of love, that unconditional, like, I know you're not perfect, but I'm going to love you anyway kind of love, then you have given yourself such an incredible gift to go forward in this life with. And the amazing thing is that will trickle down to the people in your life. And most significantly, it'll trickle down to your children. You know, self-love is such a powerful force that it inspires other people to love themselves that way. And especially young kids, when they are growing up and they're seeing how their parents talk about themselves, how their parents value themselves, how their parents value each other, that is a roadmap that they are gonna take later into their adult life. You know, a few minutes ago, I talked about how the negative self-talk troll probably has the voice of a parent or a guardian or somebody who told you that you weren't worthy when you were young. So instead of growing up with a framework, of how to foster confidence, how to foster self-worth and value. You grew up not liking parts of yourself. And instead of accepting those, you were told that those were things that were unacceptable. And we can go on and on about how negative self-talk and low self-confidence and insecurities will prey into your relationships, will make you susceptible to narcissists, to manipulative people, to living a life outside of your value system because you don't feel worthy enough to live within your value system, because you don't feel worthy enough to be loved by someone who is good, who is valuable, who sees you as valuable. 
you know, I have been in relationships with narcissists and it's so glaringly obvious to me now that they filled my cup with love in order to get me to stay because I didn't have enough love poured into me by the people around me or by myself. And a narcissistic person will just love to be your world, moon, sun, and stars and be the end all and be all of who's going to tell you what you are and how much you're valued. Because if you don't foster that within yourself, if you don't foster it within your children for them, if you don't foster a value system that you have on your own terms, there will be people throughout your entire life who will try and tell you how much you're worth coworkers and friends and boyfriends and husbands and wives and siblings that will want to tell you who you are and how much you're worth and show you a mirror to all the ugly parts that they think you should hide away. And the only way to fight back in your mind and in this life is to take a true measured look at yourself, accept your ugly parts, your uneven edges, your insecurities, and say that you're going to love yourself anyway, because you're worth that. You are worth radical self-acceptance. You are worth radical self-love. And there isn't a person on this planet who can tell you that you're not. And one way to start this practice is affirmations, is positive self-talk in the mirror. And I know that sounds kind of corny and ridiculous, but literally the things that you say have so much impact and so much value that if you want to learn to start loving yourself, you have to treat yourself like somebody you love. And if you start this journey, if you're not already on it, there will be people who don't like this change. Pay attention to that. Pay attention who doesn't like you become a confident, self-loving version of yourself. Because I would bet that those are the people who love to be able to tell you who you are and how much you should value yourself. And in my opinion, those are not the people that you need around in your life. You know, I look at me in my early 20s, I look at me getting out of an abusive relationship with a narcissist, and I couldn't imagine being that girl now. I couldn't imagine going back to a place where I let another person tell me I wasn't worthy, tell me that he's the only person that would love me and set my world on fire if I didn't see myself the way they did. And my greatest wish for my children is that I can instill in them a sense of self-love and self-confidence from the get-go because it is the biggest protection against people like that. Fostering confidence in our children will keep them from undervaluing themselves and keep them from allowing people to undervalue them. But it starts with us. It starts with the parents. If you don't love yourself, your child will not know how to love themselves. If you don't pour into them the confidence of the world, if you don't show them that you love you and you love them and they should love themselves, they won't know how to do it until so much later. You do not need to be your child's first critic. They will get so much of that growing up. They will get that from every corner of the earth in every way possible. It's our job as parents to set the framework of self-confidence to create an inner voice in them that they can take out into the world that wants to tell them that they aren't great and have them telling themselves from the inside, well, maybe those people just don't see it yet. Because with that kind of confidence, these kids could take over the world. And my God, we need that. (laughs) 
We need an army of kids to grow up valuing themselves, valuing others, and being able to see their mistakes and own up to them with accountability and the security of knowing that making a mistake or being bad at something doesn't make them less valuable as a person. Because that kind of power could change the game. So I hope you go into the rest of your day with only positive self-talk. Thank you for joining me for this episode of It's Called Life. I'm Lisa P, and I will see you next time.